Welcome to Fort Man and Goal. It's been a minute. That's what she said. Yeah, there we go. Good start. So, grab a glass, put the game on mute, and take a listen. Let's do this. Welcome to Fort Man and Goal. Thank you for joining us. If you have joined us, uh, it's been a while, so we've got a lot to catch you up. With uh, we're behind the mic again. We're gonna do what we do best. We're gonna talk sports, a little NBA playoffs, a little bit of Tim, my walk on water, Tebow, and a lot of whiskey. Dick, say and hello. the beer, and the beer. Don't forget the beer. Oh, that's right. We're talking a little beer. I'm excited. I'm stoked. Stoked. Well, remind <laughs> the two people that may be listening to us once again. What are our socials? All right. Thanks for that, Kurt. So, as always, Drammers, like Kurt said, it's been a minute. And yes, we have already established that's what she said. On the socials, we still have a website that's fourthdramandgold.com. And then we're Instagram and Twitter. We're much heavier on Instagram, we're trying to get better on the Twitter at uh, 4thdram, fourthdram, all one word. And if you're kicking it old school with us on Facebook, still stalking the people you went to high school to see how much better you are than them, you can always find us at fourthdramandgold there as well. All right. Well, thank you for that. Very well. I'm not done. Oh, fuck. Okay. All right. And of course, as usual, you can always find us on the podcast streaming services Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Castbox, Spotify. And we're always looking for new followers and feedback. So if you want to shoot us an email, you got fourthdram and goal at gmail.com. That's 4thdram and goal, all one word, at gmail.com. And without further ado, Kurt, I think we got a few things to handle tonight. So I don't want to drag it too far, but. I think it is important that we talk about what we're drinking. All right. But you know what I got to do first before we get into that? I've got so, a warm up shot. What's yours? So I, uh, I've literally finished all my dailies. I've got to go to the store and get some more. I actually took a bottle of early times, left it at a family member's, finished my um, nice little decanter of Buffalo Trace. So what I did here... Oh, she looks lovely. As you show me that bottle early times. Um, what I've got here is I had a little bit left over from the baby blue that we did a long time ago. And I also got a little bit of that Jim Beam like black that we did during that tasting months ago. And what I've done is I've put them together. Oh, you didn't do it. So is that called a suicide? Is that what they still call it? Or is that politically incorrect? I call it a spiked testicle hair. Cheers. Salute. Cheers. <clears throat> so you so you can imagine how bad that was, right? I don't want to imagine how bad it was. It might ruin my night. Multiply it by two because that was that was bad. That was, was horrible. It? I literally saw somebody pour a bottle of baby blue on one of the Facebook threads the other day. Drain port? Yes, and I actually can't argue with them. Most most bottles, I'd say, come on, don't be a little bitch. Finish it, drink it, do something with it. Can't even be mad at them there. So right. what you told me is like that basically tasted like the sweat off of a gorilla's testicle. Mm, I'll take your word for it. Um, yeah, so let's get going. What do you want to start with, man? Well, first, I think we need to talk about what we're actually drinking tonight. That's a good point because I got the beautiful bottle right here. Look at that. Oh, yeah. oh you got the canister. Yes, so actually, before we started recording this, I actually posted on our Instagram a picture of the canister I have. 
and the sample you sent me. So for our Instagram followers, you're looking at a bottle right here of E.H. Taylor small batch bottled in bond coming in at 100 proof. And Kurt here has the last probably two pours in that bottle. Got to make them worth it. Um, as we're looking at this, we've got some good things on TV. We've got a Islanders-Bruins hockey game. It's going into overtime. We'll get into the hockey way later. And then uh, in the basketball world, we've got a fourth quarter game. There is six minutes left, 105-106, trail bra- bra- uh, trailblazers over the Nuggets. So we got some entertaining things on to keep us busy while we do this. But, dude, can I tell you a story first? Here's a story. So I quickly asked you just to gauge your interest. Have you ever taken niacin before? Isn't that like heroin's brother? No. So we've been texting each other lately. Um, Me and Dick here are trying to do a healthy healthier summer uh trying to keep track trying to keep tabs on each other make sure we're at least working out once a you know decade or so so i'm trying to do a healthier cleanse i'm really bad with the bang energy drinks i'm really bad with the monsters uh in fact there would be some days there a couple weeks ago where i would have a good old cup of coffee in the morning and then a bang energy drink so i'm really trying to do this uh workout stuff a little bit healthier i've always been supplement heavy i've always had to do the pre-workout the protein i'm trying to do without pre-workout essentially so i go to gnc and i buy my protein and the gnc guys are gnc girls they're a lot like your liquor store salesmen you really got to judge them and, you know, I'm not going to say how you judge somebody who works at GNC. <laughs> you know, let's just say I think it's a little bit easier to tell if somebody at GNC knows what they're talking about. Because, you know, you know. <laughs> You're seeing how hard the spolstice is coming in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. Um, so, anyway, this guy looked like, uh, let's, uh, let's say a poor man's, I don't know. Might the situation. <clears throat> we get to talking. I'm just buying the protein. And then he's like, hey, man, do you want, do you want to try ni- uh, niacin? Essentially, it's vitamin B. And I'm like, what's the point of it? And as soon as he said it's to get circulation going, cleanse the liver, cleanse the kidneys, I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> so, and for those of you that this has happened to, you're already like, oh, shit, I know what happened. I come home and uh, I take this pill and in about five minutes, I have the worst, my skin looks like I have the worst sunburn I've ever had. My neck is on fire. Is this a shit that turns your pee orange? No, my, my face is tingling and I've taken some supplements before. But this was the closest that I've ever come. Like, I was going to tell my wife, stop getting ready for work. You are taking me to the emergency room right now. Like, I, I had bloodshot red eyes. I was, I was dying. I was dying. Uh, she was freaking out. And she, you know how bad she freaks out over things like that. Like, my wife gets a cough. You know, there's going to be a problem. So 
I had to convince her, go to work. I'm going to stay by the phone, but just be on standby. Anyway, once I started doing my YouTube videos, it turns out this is absolutely normal <laughs> to have your face jacked. Like I could literally, there was a white patch on my forehead because when I would frown, the pressure in my like blood was just not on my forehead. So there was this big white patch. Picks or it didn't happen. Huh? Picks or it didn't happen. No, it happened. Uh, turns out there's this thing called the uh, niacine flush. Niacine flush. And you're supposed to start off with like 50 milligrams a day, maybe 100 milligrams a day to assess it. I took a 500 milligram pill. <laughs> And yeah, apparently that just shot my blood like it enlarges the blood vessels and just shot my blood to my pores. And I was like, it was scary. Like, holy shit. Like, all I can picture right now is that meme of that kid holding his breath really, really hard. I was redder than that. And the funny <laughs> thing is that I thought that it gave me like a like a adrenaline that I needed to work off. So I started just airboxing like crazy and I started running in place. I was trying to work this out of my system. Literally. I know this was not doing anything. Like I just look like an idiot in my living room and like, I would stop and I'd run to the mirror to check myself and it would, I'd still be red. So I come back and I punch even harder and like, I just had to sit there and I would have had the same effect. It just would have worked its way out of my system out of about 30 minutes. So you're you're opening a can of whoop ass under as your, you your apartment's air system. Jesus Christ, I, I couldn't like. I think I was putting myself in cardiac arrest more than th what apparently this was doing. Um, so yeah, as soon as you Google uh, niacin, that's the first thing. May cause tingling and redness. No shit. All right. Uh, and then there's YouTube videos. There's a guy on there. He kind of tries to make it funny. He takes it and then says, "You want to see me turn into the red dragon?" And it, it was exactly what happened to me so how did you not take pictures well because i thought i was going to the hospital dick <laughs> that's why you should have taken pictures like, i swear to god i thought i was going to the hospital this was the i was scared out of my mind and i'm usually the worst my parents taught me that you don't go to the hospital you only go to the hospital if there's a limb hanging off like my dad was the guy that if i showed up with a shattered bone he was going to try to tape it first before i showed him that i was in excruciating pain um, so is that the, uh, the Hispanic or the Irish heritage? Both, because, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so if you ever take niacin, it's a uh, start with 50 milligrams. <laughs> dude, uh, look at me. What do you think would have happened dude, to me? Actually, the guy who did the whole Red Dragon video, he was pretty pale, and he was actually blotchy. So his looked real gnarly. <laughs> but, like, I could – I. I <laughs> So that was how our that's how my get healthy summer started off. That was that was what kicked it off. I thought I was dying. That's usually how get healthy kicks start is you work out too hard or go too hard and you feel like you're dying afterwards. I, that's why it's usually once work out, you know, every six months. Yeah. I, I can't emphasize like I like I was red. Like that was it. Like Hellboy. Hellboy. That would be a way to put it. I was Hellboy. I would I would have paid pretty good money to see that. Pretty well, good money. The funny thing is my wife got out the door and maybe two minutes later, she was already calling me asking me if 
I was okay. She, she, she thought I had collapsed on the floor and had a massive stroke. It was bad. So, so I have just, to ask, was it all over your body? She, she, she picked up my shirt and I'm Hellboy. Like, I'm not kidding. She was freaking out. I didn't, I did not look at any lower extremities. Oh, did you not? I would. Have. I was too busy looking at my eyeballs and checking my pulse and making sure that I was still breathing. <laughs> like, this was quite the. I'm having to mute myself because I'm laughing so hard. Sorry. Oh, man. I needed you should, that. You should I needed leave, that, Kurt. You should, you should leave them laughing unmuted so it's more natural. I'm trying to, but I'm like, I don't want to laugh over you talking. <laughs> so that's uh, that's what I got going on. So GNC guy, next time, you know, maybe a heads up. Hey. <laughs> oh, anyway. hey, you think that would have been something like when you're selling this to customers, make no sure you tell them. shit. Or hey, let's and, just. And you know it was a- an upsell. You know it was an upsell for it. Well, dude, too. that was the thing. It was only like $8.99. Like it's a vitamin. That's how they get you, though. That's how they get you. Well, the cool thing that apparently, if that's how you tell that it's working, that apparently it's doing its job by causing circulation, and it sure as fuck did that. So, but yeah, next time a little heads up by old, the little situation would have uh, would have really helped me out. Anyway, let's get in. Let's get into it. that. Was just a little show that I, you know, I didn't text you about. I hadn't thought about it the last couple of days, but it just was as I took my vitamin this morning because I've I did I did keep taking it because apparently there's a lot of benefits to it. I just you know didn't take 500 milligrams of it. Um, yeah, so I, I've been taking protein powder again, so that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Good. We're doing story. macros. Yeah, super fun. I did have a fun story about protein powder. Um, don't buy anything except chocolate because any other version of it just tastes like like. The devil's butthole, dude. Like, I got the chocolate and peanut butter one. I was like, oh, that'll still taste good. And it just tasted like I'm going to disagree. Really? Well, there, are, there are some good brands. Out I've there. had one vanilla. I've had one vanilla. It's I, good. I don't want to promote or not promote a supplement because that's in no way, shape, or form. Am I the guy that works at GNC? But I've had, like, the, the one that I'm taking right now, I would, most of his flavors are pretty good. Okay, so I just bought the one off Amazon, and I bought the big black one. When you search protein powder, say no more. And so the the black one with that was Jesus chocolate Christ. was delicious. Get off your couch, go to one of the six thousand forty seven supplement stores in San Antonio, find someone who knows what they're talking about, and get a good flavor. Damn it! <laughs> no, I, no, I got another one. I like just give me chocolate of anybody, and I'll drink that. That's fine. All right. Cool. All right. Let's get into the stuff we know best, because uh, apparently working out and trying to be healthy is not working for us. So we're 0 for 3, uh, working out, whiskey, and sports. Okay, cool. Um, what are we talking about tonight? Well, let's go. Well, what are we drinking? With... Oh, that's right. We did touch on that. Oh, man, this is going to have to be a sample that I really make good use of. Well, I've got, I've got my – so what am I drinking? My, I'm drinking my early times. And I've got my one sample of, of yours. I've got my little Glen Karen topper on to hold in the air so it doesn't uh, air out on me. Well, yeah, tell me you're doing that because I definitely got another bottle that I could, you know, piggyback on this, but I've got to get through the show and give you the nose, the taste exactly. of the. Yeah. All right. So, yes, we are drinking EH Taylor. This was gifted to me. This is by far one of my favorite go to whiskeys, the small batch. Um, 
Is it a go-to, know, though? Is it a go-to if you can't ever find but it? But it's not. That's what I'm saying. You didn't let me finish, Dick. Um, go I really do. When you can get it. And I actually bought it early on. One of my buddies who had some pool at a liquor store, he would uh, send me every now and then a couple weeks. He'd say, hey, the liquor store is getting this bottle, this bottle, this bottle. Which one do you want? Because he was on one of those lists. Um, and I, I said, well, give me that EH Taylor. Let me try that. And it's funny because you always forget it says bottled and bond down at the bottom. Most of them. The ones we can find say that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, just a typical classic 100 proof, uh, you know, bottled and bond, E.H. Taylor, small batch. And it's definitely going to be up there when it comes to classic looks in bottle and uh, package. So you may be asking yourself, why are we drinking this E.H. Taylor? Why are we holding it? Well, we wanted to do like a mini what in the world of whiskey much later in the episode here, but we're going to talk about E.H. Taylor, talk about the products they offer over there at Buffalo Trace. We'll also talk about the man, Colonel E.H. Taylor, a little lore about him, a little um, how he came to be one of the most famous bottles and hard to find bottles out there in the whiskey world. So, well, we'll I got to go- say this. What would you pay for it? No, you want to wait till the end to do that? Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. I'll tell the- you what I paid for it now. I didn't pay for it, actually. This was this was a cool little thing. I saw it in a liquor store, and I asked them, how much was it? And I was expecting worse, but they told me 65 And the family member that was with me, like, did one, like cut me off and just did the whole, I'll take it. And they gifted it to me as a birthday gift. So that was really cool. Um, I didn't have the heart to tell them, like, oh, you're overpaying by about, like, 15 bucks, but that's not bad. We've talked about that. 15 to 20 is the I will overpay range. You know? Yeah, I'll, I'll pretty much overpay on any good bottle by 20%. Now, I have asked here in Houston, there is a little infamous store that's known for doing this. They had this for 110. <sighs> so, yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll do that later, though. Let's hold off. Okay. Okay. So, so, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. So we got our second dram here. Um, we're going to talk about the headlines of just what's been going on. So we've been, you know, a little bit of sabbatical. Um, Kurt's been taking some, you know, nitrogen straight into his varicose veins. I don't know what's going on over there, but he's had some <laughs> he's had some stuff going on in his personal life. I've had some stuff going on in my personal life. Um, so we took a few weeks off. Um, thought it was good to kind of reset, rest, relax, drink some more whiskey. And honestly, the sports world was just kind of dead before the playoffs kicked off. Yeah, and I think we I think we emphasize that like, like once football season ended, yeah, like we we can shoot the shit about basketball and and baseball a lot, you know, as you can see now. How well is it? That's up to you to decide. But you know, football's our thing, so we we wanted to keep the show going during the off season. But it's just going to be every now and then. Whiskey we can drink whenever. So that's that's another thing that just keeps it going and gives us an opportunity to get together and shoot the shit. And share it with whoever wants to enjoy it with us. I don't want to share um, my shit with you. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to sh- share your shit either. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, the big headline in sports right now for, for most is the NBA playoffs. Yep. Um, what, do you, what do you want to start with on that? I mean, let's just talk about, like, the standings, right? So, the East has kind of figured out first round what's happening. Right. Right. The West is still like circle jerking each other, trying to figure out exactly who's going to finish where. And my question to you, because you're, you're much closer to this than I am, 
admittedly. Once the Spurs kind of fell out, I was like, fuck the playoffs. Um, and then once LeBron started having bitch fits and throwing tantrums, I was like, nah, fuck LeBron. So I guess my question to you is historically the West has always been more competitive. There has been more talent out there. They've you know, higher scoring games long ago, not so much nowadays. And but the East seems to be like figuring their shit out in like, you know, four one games, four oh sweeps, whatever it may be, while the you know, the West is gonna take it to seven games. My question to you is is the West just more competitive than the East? Like what's the situation? Well, traditionally, yeah. I mean, you go back, you know, the last our generations, of course, Spurs, Lakers, uh, recently Golden State. So, yeah, but um, I think the playoffs right now, they're, they're going the way they're supposed to. I, I see what you're saying. I know what you're saying. The series is closer. RIP my Knicks. Great season. I don't want to dwell on that too much. Trey Young, you did your job. You're a beast. Um, but I, I think it's more – I think what's happening in the West is the same as the East. It's going the way it should. The Jazz won their series, um, you know – as exciting as the Denver-Portland series is right now, it looks like Denver is going to pull it off. The only reason something like that happens is because somebody like Damian Lillard, uh, Damian Lillard has a – just turns into this other human being during the playoffs and makes it more exciting. <clears throat> Some will say that the Luka and the Clippers thing, I mean, that's a four and five matchup at the end. That's the way it's supposed to be. And the Lakers limped into the playoffs on like a team like the Heat or the, the Hawks that came roaring into the playoffs. <laughs> No pun intended. Um, and yeah, so it's happening the way it should so far. Now, if if somebody can beat the Nets, and if anybody's going to do it, I think it's going to be the Bucks in this next round. We can have a really exciting and unexpected finals that we haven't had in a while. As in, no LeBron. This is if uh, Phoenix can pull off the um, final game tonight, which actually, as of right now, hasn't started yet. It should be starting any second. If the Suns could pull that off, it's going to be something that we haven't seen in a while. It's not, it's no Golden State. It's no LeBron James. It's not something that, you know, it could be like a Milwaukee versus uh, a Philadelphia series. So it's exciting that we may have something different this year. Does that make sense? No, it does. I mean, the Milwaukee, Philadelphia, I mean, that'd be nice to see in the Eastern Conference Finals, Finals, Finals. The most interesting matchup for me would be Milwaukee and Utah. I, I would love to see Utah. I would like to see Phoenix there at the end. Ooh, um, yeah, talk about know, like throwback. Like, I don't think that's ever been a, a conference final or a, a finals game at all. Those two matchups, that matchup. Right. It would be, it would have to be Utah, Denver, or Utah, uh, or Phoenix against somebody from the East. Uh, there was, you know, Toronto won what two years ago now that, that I don't want to say that had an asterisk, but you see kind of what all happened to the Warriors in that finals. Clay Thompson goes down, you know, um, uh, Durant has the Achilles tweak. So that, that was exciting. It was cool that they won, but this is going to be like something completely new. Yeah. If we can get there, if the Nets don't beat the Bucks, because if the Nets get there, the Nets win. I really don't care. I don't see anything being accomplished there. It is the way it was supposed to be. I mean, yeah. super team to the max. I couldn't agree more. Um, the most interesting thing for me is that we just talked about the West historically being really good. 
and completely shit on Dallas and left them out of that conversation, even though no, they're no, in there. No. Right. I did. I did. I didn't mention it. I mean, uh, Luke is doing what, you know, you did. You did. You talked about it right now, but that, we talked about like San Antonio, LA, Golden State historically. Fuck Dallas. <laughs> well, well, Dallas wanted what? One year in 2011. One year. Yeah, but they were close a so, lot with Dirk. And this, yeah, this isn't Dirk's team. So it would be new and exciting. Um, so yeah, good yeah. point. And and Denver is gonna win. They're gonna win 126, 115. They've beat Portland. Uh Damien Lillard just I don't know. If he if he's ever in a Knicks jersey, that would be something to see. Um but yeah. So what do you think about all this fan stuff that's been going on? All this bad stuff that's happening, the spitting, the throwing of the water bottles, the running out on the court and getting tackled. Um yeah, that that I don't say because it's not a malicious act where he's going to try to, uh, you know, go at somebody. I you don't know, though. He's going for attention. Nah, nobody knows. Eh, you don't know. You're making an assumption. Um, okay. Let's my just say fi- fans just being wild and out. Yes, but it's okay. Back to the other stuff I was talking about. I don't know, man. I think it, it's a lot of like systematic of our culture right now. Like for some reason, we all just think that we can just go like, you know, fuck boy summer and just do whatever the fuck we want out there, acting a fool, saying whatever the hell we want without a lot of consideration for the people that we're impacting. Right. And I think that's just like a cultural societal thing that we'll have to like get past and get through. And like, really it's just becoming more mature as a people, but it has to be part of the fact that like everybody's been cooped up in the fucking house for the last year and a half. And we're finally getting out there and people just like, don't know how to act right. And, and that's what I boil it down to. You can play, you know, I, you can layer in whatever you want, but I think fundamentally, people just don't know how to act right right now. Well, I think that's, I think that's BS. I mean, I have, I was cooped up. I went to a game. Granted, my seats were nowhere near as, you know, these guys. But I don't care if Trey Young's walking by me. I'm not going to spit on him or throw a water ball at him. But then again, that goes back to just being a decent human being. And I don't know, maybe. Maybe it's another thing. It's the age of cameras where maybe things like this. How... Shit like this has happened in the past. I mean, yeah. let's, let's look at like Philly fans in general. Like Philly Eagles fans are notorious True. historically for being poor sports. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on anybody in Philly, yeah, but I mean, it's, very it's a true. Um, and that's okay. That's y'all's culture. I mean, Oakland is, is not far from that. You know, um, the Raiders fans. O- Oakland has some fights up in those stands. I'm gonna throw a little shade at you, but you know the story of my wife getting her getting coke poured on top of her while you were with her at a tech game. So well, yeah, but Texas Tech, I I like I've said this on this show. I love them to death, but they do have some of the worst fans in the country, and it's it's an embarrassment at times. Yes, exactly. And I think that was my point. It's not so much like these people didn't exist before, but like when you put those people and you lock them up where they can't do shit and get wild and get crazy, and then you unleash them upon the world. It's it's like bottled or bottled up or pent up energy. Like it just shit just happens, you know. Everybody just it's it's just sitting there, and people don't know how to act right, man. Fair enough. I still I still don't think that's an excuse, but I mean, I think it is. I'm not excusing it. Let's be very clear. I'm just trying to rationalize the irrational. Yeah. Um. And, and, you know, there's, there's things about that bottle toss that people were talking about, like that Kyrie stomped on the mascot in the middle. And then the fact that it was kind of like a water bottle that had like a quarter of water in it, still not excusing it still shouldn't have done it, but you know, Kyrie, come on, man. We all know you didn't have a good time in Boston and we know a lot of that was self-inflicted. Just 
win the game and get off the court. I mean, would you say that that's fair to say? Yeah, no, I think so. At the same time, like Kyrie's not Ron Artest. Like nobody's scared of Kyrie. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared. Or Metal World Peace. <laughs> I'd be scared of him on the court a little bit. I mean, the dude, the dude's been balling out. I will give him that when he has yeah, played. But but you're not afraid that if I throw this bottle at Kyrie, he's gonna come up in the sands and whip my ass. Nope. Mm. Metal World Peace, you were. Well, yeah, I'm scared of Metal World Peace if I turn the corner at a restaurant and I exactly. Same with Rodman. You don't want to do that shit to Rodman. Like these were dudes that played different. You're, they you're, were just different. Animals. You're going to the top of the mountain right now. Like <laughs> I'm just saying, nobody's afraid of Kyrie. You see him in the streets. All right, what else we got going on? We got uh, the Olympics, man. Are they happening? I heard something like a hundred or something volunteers dropped out today. So the Olympic president um, came out today and said, 50 days to go until we kick off. We're hundred percent doing this. Um, that whole situation with the Japanese public, I think is completely founded. They have every right to be pissed at the same time. I got to say the Olympic committee is doing a really good job of saying, we're being pragmatic about this. There's no foreign fans. We're going to bring people in. We're going to isolate them. They're, they're going to be, dosing people up if they haven't already got the vaccine on site and pre they're doing everything they can and this i think is not it's a, or anything whatsoever this is the summer olympics so you're going to get more countries you know than the winter olympic typically typically yes yeah yeah more participants are are they gonna have to do something like like India with the, the, the problems that India is having right now, is that, I mean, do you see them having to do like a, no, not going to participate this time. I don't know. Or do you think it's individual? Like, you know, we're going to monitor the Indian. Yeah. I think you have okay. to do that. Harvey. So that I mean, that's what I've understood is it's going to be quarantine. We to get there testing all the time. Um, they're going to try to vax everybody up that hasn't already got it. You look like countries, countries like India, they may be prioritizing their Olympic, um, their Olympic athletes, but they're so far underwater right now with COVID. Those athletes may not qualify, right? Some of the poorer countries that are coming in. And that's what may, I was saying. Like, yeah, some some of the poorer countries coming in, like they're there. This might be the first time their athletes actually get availability to the vaccine. So, um, <clears throat> talk about things that you don't expect to have to discuss and deal with, but it is what it is. Um, but I think if you talk about the the larger successes that. Sporting, hang, sporting is really put together over the last nine months, right? We talk about the NBA bubble is, is really like the antithesis, not the antithesis, I'm sorry, the pinnacle of what you should do. Um, they're trying to mimic that in many ways. I mean, the, they're not going to be able to leave the village and all this other stuff. It's They're doing the best they can. Um, but I'm, I'm excited, dude. I really like the Olympics. It's one of my favorite things to do. You know, sit down and watch, you know, the, the sports cast with Bob Costas. And I, I think that's his name, right? Yes, Mr. One-Eyed Pink Guy. Look like me on the Niacin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that story. Enlighten me. I It was the Olympics, I think. And there was one night where there was just a freeze frame of him all over the news because his eye was looked like a severe case of pink eye. And that's about where that story ends. Okay, someone farted right in his eye. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, that's a that's a great pastime for me. It's once every four years. I mean, it's been five years since our last one. So favorite event? It's got to be like the four by one. I mean, that's mm. favorite summer. I mean, are those classic? You know, speed. We're talking about favorite winter. Mine was curling. Oh yeah, mine's for curling. Yeah, it's my winter as well. That's my summer. favorite Olympic event. Period. Yeah. It's actually been a lot on the TV lately. 
I love the pool. All events in the pool, uh, you know, especially recent, you know, the last what has it been now? 12, 14 years, Michael Phelps, he, 16 years going back. Um, it's gotta be the pool that I get excited for. In fact, it's gonna be a completely lie. different pool this year. Why is that? None of oh, our Americans won't teams. be there. Well, well, then, like most of the American team is new. I mean, even oh, yeah, even happens. even old fuckboy from down in Brazil that got held back isn't going to be there. I don't. I'm not familiar with who you're talking about there. Ah, uh, the blonde guy, Brody. This is right. Yeah, and he got like uh, he got into some trouble with the Brazilian police. Are you talking about Ryan Lochte? Ryan Lochte. There you go. I think Brody. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, Ryan yeah. Lochte. Yes. Does look like a Brody. Um, <laughs> it's like a somebody from like like. Uh, that's the cool thing about the Olympic. Somebody starts doing good during the first event or two, and then people just get behind them, and it's awesome. So yeah, I hope we pull it off. Then, speaking of games, what's your favorite drinking game for the Olympics? Um, I don't know that I have a favorite one. Maybe it's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a shot for every Olympic gold we get, or we, we knew gold we get in the night. No, I just meant like, what was your favorite drink? Like mine's beer pong, obviously. Flip clubs up there. Um, beer pong historically, more recently, um, it is a game I actually haven't played, so I'm, I'm kind of guilty of just watching. Shut it. up! You don't need to talk about. It. <laughs> well, no, but I like I like it in the 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 large version, the damn thing where you take the ring on the hook. <laughs> That's not an actual like. It's a drinking that game. Involve the cup or the alcohol or anything. Well, they have a version of it that is a tea, and you put a shot in the middle, and then it's a little one, and you keep throwing oh, it. Oh, and then you move it down the line. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's my favorite drinking game, but now it's like a shot drinking game. Not too slow for me. Something, something to pick up the pace. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get hammered soon. All right, let's talk whiskey. Let's, Let's talk it. the nose on this small batch. E.H. Taylor. I like it a lot. I know you hate when I do that, so I'm going to try to lean back. No, but that's that's the sign. And the fact that you're like, that's the same reaction I have with E.H. Taylor every time. Cherries. Slight oakiness, vanilla. Like cinnamon toast. I don't know. There's just something about E.H. Taylor that's like the right blend of all the strong flavors. Nothing's like too much in your face. It's just well marriaged all the way across it. You're not supposed to drink it yet, bro. I know, but I've got to with this bad boy. E.H. Taylor was like, and I know I've said this either about E.H. Taylor or a different bottle, but E.H. Taylor was my classy whiskey took my classy whiskey virginity if that makes sense like this was the first bottle that i was like i started wearing the coat jacket with the where the elbow smoking pads and stuff I started smoking out of a pipe stuff you like started that. dressing like a 1975 professor sure i dress like the guy on the bottle which we will talk about soon. We will give you a brief history lesson. So, oh god, nose wise, it's a solid A. I don't think that there's any anything negative to say about this. I will tell you, 
on the nose because it's very definitive in my mind. This small batch versus the last single barrel I had, you had it with me. That single barrel was a little better on the nose. And if I've tasted this one, it's, it was a little more defined on the palate. But I I don't know. I've never run into an E.H. Taylor. I probably had like five bottles, different bottles. You've had the barrel proof. I haven't. Haven't had one that I haven't liked. So an A. An A. See, <clears throat> E.H. Taylor is hard for me to sit here and say like, I don't even want to just, I don't want to, I don't think it deserves to be, say, like vanilla oak. E.H. Taylor gives me like bourbon oil in like a, like a bourbon perfume. Like it's so good. Like it is the classic. And I've said that for others, but this one is like the top for me when it comes to nosing it. And I know what you're talking about with the barrel proof. There's a smoother, less kind of ethanol to the nose and also with a single barrel but i haven't had barrel proof oh well okay imagine that the barrel proof is just oh top top of the mountain so this is what i would say right i'm I'm thinking back to uh prideful goat because i think these are very similar smells but there's something that's inherently more mature about this from the standpoint of like leathery woodiness then like the prideful goat was just like sweet bourbon butter like it was just amazing to smell and you could live in that candle this you could do the same and i get what you're saying but it's it's a different classic bourbon smell does that make sense Mm, i don't know maybe i'm off the reservations prideful goat was a sweet bourbon smell but it had a hint of cherries like you don't get cherries with this that's like no, the first thing that hits me. No, it's That's hard that to distinguish what E.H. Taylor has to it because it has like the perfect, it's perfect. bourbon smell. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's what I was talking about. Like everything's married well together. But like when, maybe, I, when, I, when I take the cap off Maybe a little this, honey in vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I let it sit, I've got like, so for our listeners, I've got a Glen Karen and then make these little bamboo um, uh, by Karen Craft. You can kind of like stick them on there and it kind of holds everything in there. Or just really any topper on top of the Glen. But when I take that off, dude, first thing it hits me is cherries. Like if if I was trying to convince somebody to be a bourbon person, mm-hmm. and I and I'd say just take a sn- like take a sniff of this. This is this is it. This is where you want to be. This is where you want to live. It's the tits. <laughs> yeah, it's the tits. I think it depends where you're coming from, though. Mm, well, yeah, they each their own, but. No, but I mean, if you're talking like you're trying to convince a Scotch guy to come over, you gotta give him this. Yeah, because if they don't like it, fuck them. Honor <laughs> McGregor in you. <laughs> said, does that help me help you answer? I had a buddy text me the other day. We were talking. I think it was that picture I sent you of the 34 uh, whiskeys I had had off the list. Yep. It was a pretty decent list. It was missing quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and he texted me back, I've had four. And then he goes, if I say I drink vodka, am I like part of the C team? Do you just look down at me as like a little bitch? And like at first I was like, no, dude, it's different. Like the whiskey and the liquor world, it's all like it's hippies and like it's all nice people. They're real nice. So I said, it's not like looking down. It's more like specializing in a different sport. Like football is bourbon and 
and you know vodka is volleyball so he he was like fuck you asshole but uh yeah so that's a good way to put it yeah yeah <laughs> of course somebody from california is gonna be like well volleyball is real popular over here amongst you know yeah what's lacrosse dude lacrosse is the shit that no, what what, what, what liquor is it? Oh, I know what you're asking, but I'm just saying that game was intense. <laughs> that it was intense. I have always watched the lacrosse national championship because of how bad it. Definitely the one sport I wish we had more opportunities to do down here in Texas. Um, yeah, I feel like I could have actually been good at that one. Let's see, lacrosse, bad at no, you're too slow. Um, bad ass. Okay, so think of they have a goalie position. <laughs> <laughs> Think of something that's badass, but you always forget about it. <sighs> tequila. No, see, I don't. No, I know tequila's there. I just avoid it. It's kind of like I don't. How do you know, avoid tequila. My taxes. Uh, Dude, I love tequila. Something badass that I'm trying to think of. Like, I'm at a party and somebody like offers me. I'm like, oh hell yeah, I'm not gonna pass this up. Absinthe. Mm, maybe now you're on the right path. Hypnotic, possibly. <laughs> Hypnotic. <laughs> Hennessy cognac. <laughs> now there we go. There we uh, go. There you go. It's Hennessy. All right. I worked my way to it. All right. <clears throat> Let's talk a little bit more sports before we dive into complete beer and whiskey today. Uh, Tim Tebow. Does he deserve the shit he's getting or not? I mean, dude, he's he's. Wearing number eighty-five to honor his his long lost teammate. Uh, oh no! I know what you're doing there. Stop! <laughs> I I instantly had to go into the memory bank there. Oh man, dude, let it go. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to acknowledge that. I will say this: I am Joe fucking Schmo. I have not one ounce of athletic ability. I take that back. I took some uh, niacine the other day. Increasing um, apparently. Yeah. If the Jaguars called me today mm-hmm. and say, dude, you want a chance? Do you think I'm going to sit there and be like, well, you know, I want to take a spot from somebody else. I don't deserve it. There's just no other point. No, I'm getting my ass on a plane, and I'm going to go try out for the damn Jackson. And I'm going to go disappoint disappoint the shit out of Urban Meyer. <laughs> At least I did it. So you? No, it's the right move. Me, like you're going to tell me that Tim Tebow is supposed to be there? Like, well, you know, I'm just Tim Tebow, one of the most talented athletes of the last twenty years. Heisman winner. I, I don't deserve this. Not pro nah, athlete. Leave it to the next guy. Like accomplished sportscaster. Come on. Give me a break. No, he doesn't deserve shit. So, I mean, to answer your question now, um, he is, to your point, one of the most athletic individuals, maybe not the most uh, refined athletes in any sport, but overall athleticism is just there. And dude, did you see the picture of his, of his arms? Where the basket or the football was about to explode <laughs> yes. into like Thanos's dust because of Tim Debo's biceps? Yes. Yes, I did. Obviously. <laughs> no, he doesn't deserve shit. Anybody giving him shit. I mean, the funniest thing, in my opinion, is the 85. And I know well, that's the, going knock. It's it's funny, though. Well, the funny thing is, like, somebody was all, Urban Meyer's not proving himself if he's just hiring his buddies. Well, first off, if Team Tebow is one of my buddies, awesome. And, like, what other job do you not sit there and say it's all about who you know? 
I mean, oh no, football 100% is coaching anything around all, sports all in general is jobs in general. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy down yeah. in the mailroom. We just hired him because he's so and so son. It's all about who you know. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, the who level's you know who different. Fucking... Yes. Whoa. Whoa. There's a line. You crossed it. Uh, I don't know if I crossed it. I think I'm pretty sure with the 85 and the sexual harassment. Calm down. Moving on. Uh, no, I I will say though. Um, the one value add that I think he has, like, yeah, he, he may, you know, be a second string, third string tight end, whatever. People are going to pay attention to him. They're like, what the hell is Tebow? He, he creates some confusion for the other teams, at least for the first six weeks. But we talked about this with mentorship, right? He's going to be able to mentor Lawrence. Maybe not, hey, here's how you throw the best ball in the world, but hey, here's what you should expect from the NFL from as a quarterback, as a rookie coming in with a lot of expectations. He's it's just adds to the the support team that we've talked about. Urban Meyer is going to give Trevor Lawrence that very few other athletes are going to get. Well, mm, the only thing I'll say there is Urban Meyer has said he would not throw Trevor Lawrence into the fire. Sure. He would not do what happened to Alex Smith. Do you think Tim Tebow is going to be around long enough to where, you know, Trevor Lawrence is on the field with him? I don't see why. Yeah, I think I think Trevor Lawrence is going to play within the first year. I do too. I was just picking your brain there. I mean, in worst case scenario, you've got a four string quarterback and put Tebow out there. And that ball is exploding on impact. <laughs> um, Coach K is retiring. Talk about one of the all time greats. You got to love you. Some he, is the, he is the GOAT. I, I won't argue with you there. There was a time being a tech guy that I wanted to put up the Bobby Knight argument and fight. Uh, mm. But that was just. There was a, I think there was a time when. Bobby Knight could have been the goat, but I think Skate took that from him and ran with it. Yeah, I think he did too. Um, I heard that they're going to put on the back of his jacket all next season, they're going to put a rhinestone goat, just like Simone Biles had. Moving on. Uh, oh, Anthony Davis is down. I think he's playing hurt with that ankle. Doesn't look good. And doesn't look good for the Lakers right now because they're already down 14 to 7. Oh. Like I put it on our Twitter, cry me a river. I don't want to hear LeBron bitching about anything right now. I don't want to hear the bitching about LeBron bitching. I wasn't bitching about him bitching. I'm saying I don't want to hear the bitching. Yeah, stop bitching. LeBron is LeBron. Baby back bitch. LeBron's put his point in the world, what he's done for the game and what he's done for others. You know what? We won't get into that. Um, yeah, so John Shire, talk about the weight of the world on his shoulders do you even want to be that guy his replace coach k's replacement at duke this goes back to the whole conversation we had about roy williams and taking over a program with high expectations and walking to is it easier to i mean that goes a whole nother argument well it's not really a whole nother it's, it's a well, continuation i hate first off john shire i do remember him playing i do remember him when they beat butler i couldn't t- i couldn't have told you that he was on the bench with coach k yeah, I couldn't. He looks completely different. Um, he put, he put glasses on. Oh, that's just he's Clark Kenting us. Holy he shit. is Clark Kenting everybody. <laughs> um, but the picture of his long, lanky ass, and they're like holding the ball or whatever at the end of that game, and the the and uh, then they sit next to Coach K. He looks like Clark Kent, dude. The guy's got a. I mean, he's only like he's our age. So, I mean, anyway, speak for yourself. Um, I, I, I'm, I worry about the whole, like, he's set as a replacement. A lot can change in a year. 
But I guess if anybody's going to pull that move off, Duke and Coach Krzyzewski uh, can do that. So, yeah, we'll see. Let's keep rolling. I think he's earned the right to name his replacement. Oh, and that's true, too. He's going to pull the, like, have the pull. He's going to name it. Absolutely. I agree with you there. And let's put it this way. Let's say Coach K, let's say they make a Final Four in Elite Eight this year, right? And he rides off to the sunset, and two, three years later, there's another Final Four, maybe a championship with this guy. Does that not just cement Coach K's legacy of being able to identify talent to continue his coaching legacy? And it, it you know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's... There's a continuation, man. It, to be able to identify talent sometimes is just as important of a skill as being able to execute. Uh, it'll depend on the scenario because I think Duke has built its name up enough to where it's going to get the best freshman in the country. And I roll. You know. So you're telling me if they make a Final Four and Elite Eight this year and next year they turn around and win a championship, it's not okay? Do you know who Kevin Ollie is? It's the tie-in. I'm missing it. Do you know who Kevin Ollie is? No. You know why you don't know who Kevin Ollie is? Because he took over someone who didn't know. Yeah, he took over for UConn, won a national championship a couple of years later. They had a dirty little squad, won, and I think he had some violations, but he's not the coach anymore. College basketball is a different world. He can put five badass freshmen together at Duke, and he can make a run and win things. Does that mean he's not a great talent? Not at all. Just trying to be devil's advocate here for you there for a second, but yeah. Why? Why do you want to do that to me? Because it's fun and you're a dick. Uh, NHL playoffs. The only thing I've got to say about the NHL playoffs is that you absolutely have to tune in to Barstool Sports when they're showing the Boston and New York Islanders games. Yes. Holy hell. Those Islander fans are freaking out. Well, the and you know the Boston fans—they're just taking it or giving it at times. That's pretty cool too. I don't know. Like the Islanders, have they been relevant in a while? Uh, no. I I had to look it up. They won like four Stanley Cups in a row. Well, I, like I think it was seventy-eight to eighty-two. And that's and, right before that guy tried to fake buy them, right? Or that was in the nineties. Uh, yeah, that was the nineties, and that was also when they had one of the most horrific uniforms of all time they put like a long john silver looking dude on the front of the jersey and it was like their alternate jersey and it's a fisherman did... yes have you have you not seen the jersey oh, I, I mean yes i yeah. i just the long john silver dude threw me off yeah that's what it was long john silver did not work out spent a lot of money in i read an article i think last summer on it they spent a heap note of advertising and marketing money, and it didn't. It just bombed. Apparently, they didn't want an old white dude. <laughs> Apparently, fans didn't want to walk around with an old fisherman on their t-shirt and have that as the, you know, figure of the team. What year was this? Was it nineties as well? Uh, had to have been late nineties. Because you think about like nineties uniforms, like they were as loud as cartoony as possible and you're walking here with an yes old white on. dude <laughs> yes they were trying to do yes exactly what you're saying um 90 like 90s jerseys to me every time i think about it is raptors jerseys that is raptors, the epitome of 90s jerseys raptors timberwolves grizzlies yeah we've had that conversation before we too. have yeah all right aaron Rodgers sitting on the beach chilling living the rogers life man 
just the Packers, the Packers will not blink. He can show up tomorrow and there would be no repercussions, no slap on the wrist, no nothing. And then he would, they would, they'd be doing what everyone else would be doing. So I he showed up to, he's showed up to zero OTAs, right? Well, neither is Deshaun Watson, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> and it's so sad because like on the Texans Facebook, they keep, they're trying to force it like on, They've shown last two days, they've shown Tyrod Taylor throwing like a pass, and they're like, oh, yeah, QB to running back. <laughs> and all you get is the ha-ha faces at the bottom because <laughs> people are just like, uh not Wait, hearing it. QB to running back, did he throw it to himself or what? <laughs> Tyrod is a decent quarterback. I will say that. But it's like the whole, like, we're just going to sweep under the rug that our star player does not want to be here and he's going through a little trouble but no it's just a little bit rogers i mean he's aaron Rodgers, man if you can pull off what he's doing but he's enjoying life right he went to the he was beaching it up with somebody wasn't he some actor or something i hope it's his wife but yeah he was with his wife but he was with another like predominant couple or something tom brady i don't know no, some actor or something. I don't know. I saw something about Tom Brady and he was doing like a, I don't know, it was a Barstool Sports or something, but it was a video this week. And he was yeah. talking about that whole fourth down, third down confusion thing. He did do a little <laughs> snippet where he took a yeah, shot at like, himself. He was like, I was so confused. I guess you can do that when you win the Super Bowl. Exactly. All is forgiven. Uh, speaking about all being forgiven, Indy 500, Helio Castro Neves. Moving on. Won the Indy 500. He's one of four drivers to be a four-time champ. He's going to do a drive for five. Um, if anybody's an IndyCar drive, IndyCar fan, great, awesome. This is probably not the show for you, but I do want to acknowledge the fact that this dude pulled off an amazing feat, amazing race. Um, and at the end of the day, he's one dude that has an opportunity to go for five championships. Um, the all being forgiven, dude. This guy's 46. And Penske dropped him what two years ago or something like that, and then a new um, a newer racing team picked him up, and they built up this racing team around him. And after he won, they talked about him being one of the biggest showmen and biggest you know like like faces and personalities of indie car racing. And what he what did he do? He walked over to the Penske team owner, gave him a hug, and thanked him for everything that he did for him. Like you dropped me on my ass two years ago out of nowhere. I'm the face of your team, and I show up and beat you at Indy, on national TV, and I'm man enough to give you a hug and say thank you. All is forgiven when you win. Um, Mario Andretti. Mario Andretti is one of the other four. Mario Andretti was there. Castro Nevers went over to him and, like, hugged him, and Mario Andretti pulled his head down and gave him a kiss on the head. Like, if you're a great oh, racer, yeah. Mario Andretti kisses you, right? Sylvester Stallone in that. Bad, the arm wrestling kind of good movie from the 90s. The arm wrestling movie. I'm just throwing anything that I know about indie racing at you. And I know Mario Andretti, and I know the there was a Sylvester Stallone from the early 2000s where he was a indie driver. Oh. He'd, go, he'd drive like this, he'd go, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he drove around the okay. track and he picked up the quarters on the tire. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. I've seen that a few times. Yeah. So something I do know, the palette on this E8s, boy, what you got? Well, I don't want to get criticized again, so. What did I criticize you for? 
Stop fucking doing that. Try to get your attention. See, I get a lot of oakiness. A lot of oakiness with this one. And that's the difference between this and the single barrel that I had last and every single barrel is different. That was sweeter. This is more tangy, pungent, but not in a bad way. Tangy, I can see that. Bitey. What about you? Plum. I get plum on this a little bit. Sour plum a little bit. Um, so I get sweet notes. There's a little sour in the back end. It's been so long since I've had a plum, though. Yeah. On top of that, the traditional, I do get spice. No spice because this one burns more than 100. I will say that. But it's not a bad burn. It's a spicy burn. Um, oak. And just back to the classics, man. Vanilla. But that spice and plum are very See, I get on this and I know it's not a rye, but I get more like rye spice. I was going to, I do, you do, I can see where you're going with that. And this is why I think that this small batch, I think it's hard for like a scotch guy to walk over and say, oh, I can, you know, I really enjoy the smell, the taste. And they're like, because scotch is typically like super, super sweet, unless you're into the peaty stuff, which is more leathery. I don't know, man. See that? Did you, obviously, you did that. Uh, whiskey advocate issue that came out that was all about Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. I like what they're doing because I actually do want to dabble into Irish whiskey uh, quite a bit more. Fucking said that. Nice. All right, just something to side talk. Maybe it's a future episode coming up. But before okay, we do that, what bottle are we gonna buy? Like Teeling, because we can pretty much buy anything. Um, that is. Do you do you tend to see the Irish whiskeys cheaper? Not necessarily cheaper, more readily available though. There are two. That I do want to get, and I know that I'm going to drop the names here. One of them's the blue. Um, it has no. Teeling. It's like blue. There's a blue print. It's a blue dot. Blue something right there on the label. And I'm strictly. Well, there's yeah, blue, blue dot. dot. So there's red dot, green dot, yellow dot, blue dot. Blue dot's okay, hard so to I'm find. Not getting that one. So yellow dot. Um, the red bread. It's yellow dot. Yeah, yellow, yellow dot's easier one to find. I think that's like eighty bucks. All right, just scratch that one off the list. And then the other one's where the guy's like this. It's the statue of the guy like this. Jesus. It may be him. I don't know. But and I and see that's the thing with Irish whiskey. If I'm trying to get out of the Jameson world, if I'm trying to get out of, you know, the Teeling and uh the Bushmills. Teeling's yeah, a good I'm trying whiskey. To try things that I haven't had if I'm gonna venture that way. So green dot is the cheapest out of all okay. the dots. The Lakers are not going to yellow, yellow spot. Right now. Sorry. So is it blue spot? Yellow spots. Uh, I think it's blue spot, but that one's. I want to say I found that one. It was like 150 okay. well, bucks. I think that one was on the magazine. Little did I know it was under my laptop. Blue spot. What? Yeah. And then. Uh, the other one that I would absolutely want to try just because how cool the label looks, and I think I actually said it to you last time, was... Yeah, we're going to have to come back to me because I can't... I'm not going to find it right now on the... I do like how this Whiskey Advocate, you open it and it's like a Playboy, but instead of like a model, 
It's a bottle of Crown. It's got a centerfold. It's like a bottle of Crown Royal. Is it Green Apple? Crown Royal. If this was a woman, I'd be like, oh. And I'd just like <laughs> just throw that page I'll away. Shave your bush. <laughs> Crown Royal, gross. Uh, All right, so you haven't given me a grade on that palette yet. What do you think? B. B? Yeah. Solid B? Solid B. All right, so I don't know if this is an effect of because I've had the single barrel, and the single barrel is bourbon butter. The smell, for the small batch, there is a little bit of a drop for me from nose to palate. I'll go B+. B plus on taste. I still think that this is one of those bottles that if you're trying to get somebody to go whiskey, go bourbon, I think you'd be safe to introduce to them to this one. So I don't like disagree with that statement. I, I think the problem with the problem with this is if E.H. Taylor you could find on any shelf, any store, or at least at a specs or a total wine, I would agree with you. But because it's so hard to find right now, and it's almost an allocated product, at least in many situations it is, I would almost venture to say that this is a refined taste that really takes like maturing into. Like, I don't want to have someone that doesn't appreciate traditional, all the right flavors, all the right smells, bourbon, go buy this bottle. I'm like, this sucks. And I'm like, mix it with Coke. Like, that's a, it's a crime upon the bourbon world. Well, that's any bottle, yeah. But it's not any bottle. Like someone says, hey, I'm going to get, you know, early times, although we love early times. I said, I'm going to mix it with Coke. I'm like, okay. Sure, nice. do that. But not with E.H. Taylor, man. It's it's too nice. It's too hard to find. Like I can, I can find one every six months. Well, I don't know if that well makes said, sense. Sir. All right, I'm going to let you take over on the fourth ram after I give you my rating because I didn't do that yet, did I? Yeah, you didn't. Uh, Blue Spot is a seven-year-old, and it's $80. And I don't even know if I'm saying that. The one that I was telling you about the statue, Glendalo, that is $55. Of course, they're different versions, but just to caramel, dried apple, clove, pepper, and bakery treats. Well, that sounds delightful. What's double um, barrel? <clears throat> which one? There's a double barrel. Of the Glendalo? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I might be having to grab that next. Um, well, you tell me what you're going to grab, and I'll grab it. We'll drink it together. Ah, uh, the boy. Uh, did we just become best friends? That was a B long plus. time ago. B plus. You already B said plus. that. Oh, I did. Okay, we'll go. So, moving into our fourth dram, we're going to talk about a couple of different things here. We're going to talk about um, what in the world of whiskey. So we've got our Colonel E.H. Taylor tonight we're drinking. But I also want to talk about a little bit of craft beer. So if you follow us on Instagram, you're going to see that we posted more craft beer lately. And that's really just me, Dick, being a dick. Um, I, I ventured away from Kurt and I's original charter of this is going to be a whiskey and sports podcast. And that's all we're going to talk about. And basically said one night, hey, Kurt, are you cool if I uh, post some pictures of craft beer? And he said, sure. I was like, cool. I already did. So that's where we're at now is I'm really using this app called Tavor. And this is not to promote their product at all, but it's the best way for me in my current state to really pick up non-local Texas craft beers, anywhere from Georgia to Alaska to New York, and kind of posting those on our uh, Instagram and doing some reviews to 
really kind of broadened my perspective on what are some good craft beers out there, right? So you got some awesome breweries. Um, Wild Leap comes to mind. Um, you've got Tombstone out of Arizona. Um, you've got Wild Leap, which is out of Georgia. You've got Hardywood. Um, you've got, I'm just kind of walking through, you've got Gigantic um, Temperance Brewing Company. And really just some, there's Austin Brewing, Austin Brothers Brewing Company, which is actually in Wisconsin, which threw me off when I first started drinking it. Um, but you'll see us kind of talk a little bit about that and maybe, you know, formalize some craft beer into some of these segments themselves. But I really have gotten super interested in, in the breadth and depth of the craft beer world. So, Kurt, my question to you, man, is, you know, in the last six months, last year, I know you've had some at my house. Do you have any, like, I'm going to say craft beers loosely, but pretty much anything that's not Anheuser-Busch or Shinerbach or something like that, that really kind of sticks out to you is, you know, I like that. I want to try it again. So your knowledge of craft beer is obviously going to be way more intense than mine. And that's uh, not saying a lot because my, my, my craft beer knowledge is not great, but... I am a Coors Light guy. I'm not gonna lie. I am. If I want to get if I want to get fancy, I'll pick up original Coors, which is my all time favorite. You mean the banquet beer? Other than that, you know, I think I've I've tried to venture with the traditional big names, but the cool thing that I can chime in is Houston's craft beer game is pretty dang legit. It's pretty legit. Yep. Yeah, and if anything, in the last year. St. Arnold's, uh, uh, Buffalo Bayou, Carbach, which I think you told me was bought out by somebody big, right? I don't know. I think so. I think Anheuser may have bought them. I don't Still know. They'd be dumb product. not to. Carbach's an amazing product. <clears throat> Still, Crawford Bach is like my favorite. I've been on that binge for like a year. Um, Rodeo Clown. But do not look at the calories. Ugh. Yeah, I have to take a couple of news, nice scenes after that. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think I've even uh, Eighth Wonder Brewery here in Houston, mm-hmm. awesome spot. Uh, so that's kind of been my introduction to the craft beer. Other than that, uh, Thirsty Goat, that's a good one I've had before. Couldn't tell you who makes it. Who who does the Devil's Backbone? Ooh, I don't know that one. Mm. Anyway, now I'm just. With craft beer, you can literally say, you know, Screaming Banshees. There's going to be a craft beer named that. But these are real ones that I've had, and they actually are pretty good. Um, yeah. So I did like that you started doing that. And I I told you I'm a bottle sucker for whiskey. Dude, a good can will grab my attention, and I will grab it off the aisle because of that. I'll tell you what, man. So I posted one, like, back on – it was, like, April 30th, um, and it was Gigantic Brewing – and they did three Imperial Stouts. And so through Tavor, essentially, for those who aren't aware, you can go on there, sign up, put your credit card information in. And it's really pretty seamless. Like you say, you know, you get a push notification, look at it. They still got some in stock, hit buy. They process your credit card and they put it in a box for you. At the end of every month, they actually ship that box to a local distributor. And right now, they'll actually distribute it directly to your house where you sign for it, but because of COVID restrictions, you actually don't have to sign for it in many locations, but it's all up to the, the actual deliverer. Um, but what I'm getting at is this gigantic, I love Russian Imperial Stouts. So one of my favorite beers of all time, and, and honestly, maybe my favorite beer, is North Coast Old Rasputin. 
And I love that beer so much. It's a Russian Imperial Stout. Old Rasputin. Old Rasputin. Uh, I think Scottish. It, it's yeah. I think that's kind of the flair I throw on it too. I don't know why, um, but it's got uh, Old Rasputin. It was a he's a Russian figure. He was part of like the um, 1800s, 1900s uh, Imperial um, Russian like class, like class elitist. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Look him up. Nice. But I almost anyway, amazing a- beer. Go ahead. I almost grabbed a beer today at HEB just because it had a beaver with a sombrero and it was named Viva La Beaver. Ooh, always, dude. It's always got Viva La Beaver. La Beaver. Yeah. I anyway. do have a Heffen, that pizza slice picture I sent you with the beer. It was a Heffenweisen from Fredericksburg. It was I, Heffenfeisen. Heffenfeisen from Fredericksburg. We'll go get some peaches. Um, yeah, Italian pizza and German beer. Interesting combination. You know, sometimes life is as simple as a slice of pizza. Was that was that called the Axis Special? <clears throat> Nerd alert! Moving on. All right. Uh, speaking anyway, of- I want to say this real quick. Finish it up. All right. So, Gigantic Brewing. They did three Imperial Stouts, and this is what I love about it, dude. One was finished for in a bourbon barrel. One was finished in a rye barrel, and one was finished as a Scotch barrel. All three of them. For like uh, I think like six months or twelve months or something like that, but I've only had one of them. Had the bourbon one so far. I love that though. I love the fact that like they these craft goods are going with these breweries and saying or not breweries but distillers and saying, "Give me a barrel. Take these secondhand barrels, <laughs> finish their beer in them, and those imperial stouts go to the next level." You get like, I'm glad you brought that up because did I have the? Did you give me the Goose Island bourbon barrel at your house? Yes, yes, I did. Delicious, which is like twenty three bucks for one bottle. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Uh, um, and then the other one I saw today was a Saint Arnold's, and I didn't grab it. I am absolutely going to go back and grab it. It was a Saint Arnold's. It was called Old Fashioned, and Ooh. it was a beer brewed in rye barrels and oranges. I mean, that sounds good. Sounds so basically, it comes back to if you like bourbon and you like stouts and you like this is one flavor I always get yams. If you like sweet potatoes, go get yourself an imperial stout or any stout finished in bourbon barrels because it pulls the sweetness out of the barrel. And so you kind of get this like sweet potato vanilla y flavor to it. Um, very, very similar, not very, somewhat similar to like a Belgian. Uh, we that, and they will knock you on your ass. Oh, yeah, they're all like 12%, if not more. Remember, yeah. What was that one we had at our buddy's wedding? Remember that one, the pumpkin one in bourbon? Holy hell, yeah. Do you remember going to that uh, that bar? I don't remember before? much, but I know, yeah, yes, you were going to that bar, yeah, it started it. Holy, I, no wonder I didn't make it, yeah. So they I made do it. That. I don't know if this is about me, but I also, I just all didn't, I also didn't start slamming old fashions immediately after. The wedding ceremonies. Uh, the old fashions were after the four glasses of Jack Daniels Black because that was about the coolest bottle that they had. And I just said, sure, I'll take that. Sure, I'll take that. Sure, I'll have another. Thank Hashtag you, open bars. Thank you. Hashtag best bartender ever. That guy was awesome. Yeah, he was like from Russia or some shit, wasn't mm-hmm. he? I think his name was Raskovia. Um, all right. Anyway, so let's get back off of memory lane. Um, Let's nerd out. Tell us about Mr. E.H. Taylor here on this beautiful bottle and this beautiful package. So let's talk about the bottle first. I think it's a great start. So Colonel E.H. Taylor, right? You're going to find this typically 
um, going to be an allocated product. You're going to notice it by the, the tan canister. It's, it's, it's completely recognizable. You're not going to mistake it for anything else out there. And the really the subtle difference between one canister to the next is going to be the color of the writing on it and the name. But they have a 12 offerings currently. You can usually find, when you find E.H. Taylor, you're going to find probably three of them, right? Three is going to be the, the max you're going to find. You're going to find the small batch. You're going to find the single barrel. You might find the rye. But beyond that, it gets super special, super special, super allocated. You're talking about they have a, there's warehouse C bourbon, right? Which is, and there's warehouse tornado surviving bourbon. These are things you're typically never going to see. I've never had them. Kurt's never had them. Kurt has had the barrel proof there, though. That's a hard one to find. It's green. Um, then there's, that's one of the, the ones that I would say are the If you go to your local after. whiskey cake. You go to your local whiskey cake, your local 1919, your little local whiskey bar. They're going to have these things kind of maybe at a premium price, but you're not going to pay you know, Eagle Rare 20 prices. Like these are not going to be $300 pours or maybe going to be $20, $40 pours. Um, but I would say barrel proof is one of those you probably have to have. If you're if you're a whiskey fanatic, you need to try it. Don't buy the bottle. Don't pay secondary prices. Go to your whiskey place and find it. Four grain. Four grain's another interesting one, right? So I've never had true four grain, but you can actually do a what they call poor man's four grain, um, which is a combination of, if I remember correctly, Weller, Eagle Rare, and Old Granddad 114. Um, it's a specific combination. You look it up online. It's supposed to be very close to the actual taste. Um, I'm sorry, the, the nose and palate of the real four grain. Never had the real one, but it's a fun one to talk about. And then the one that I always look at and I say, you know what, if I see it, I'm going to try it. I can't not try it other than the barrel proof. The 18-year marriage. It's a marriage of three different mash bills that are all 18 years old. And it's supposed to be really, really good. Like the cream of the crop, like the best possible export or solution of E.H. Taylor you can find. Once again, these are subjective assessments from blogs and stuff like that. But it's supposed to be the tits, the bees knees, whatever you want to say. That is really what E.H. Taylor is. It's it's finding those weird one-off bottles, but really the bottle itself and the canister, like it's it's like you see it and you're like, oh, I found one. I found one, you know. Um that's, that's good stuff. No, it is. Um I mean, I just keep going back to the barrel proof. It was so good. It is yeah. up there for me. You know. You made me think of something, what I tried recently. I got a chance, went to Whiskey Cake, finally went out to dinner. Oh, um, was that it? Was that breaking your COVID virginity? It was breaking my COVID virginity. At a, at a sit-down yes. restaurant outside, yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Ease it in slowly, got it. No, 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 it was inside. I, that's what I mean, like coming inside to a restaurant and <laughs> sitting, sitting there. Um, unintentional for the listeners. Um the I got to try Weller Foolproof, <gasps> the blue label, mm-hmm. and it tastes like it tastes like Weller but stronger. <laughs> oh, basically, if you dial Weller up to eleven, that's what it is. Oh, <laughs> hey, what's your name? <laughs> Have you ever seen that video? No, but oh, I thought good. you were gonna tell yeah. me the whole thing. Uh, it was good. Well, that's that's. That's good. That's awesome, man. I'm glad we'll you not pay secondary prices for it. We'll not pay <clears> the, of course you wouldn't. 200 bucks for it. But 
You also found some old information on Mr. E.H. Taylor himself. Let's talk Interesting about Interesting dude. Please make this worth it because your last speech on Mr. Camelot and stuff was like debunked in two minutes by a guy that specs. Uh, because you ran into the whiskey savant. That's not my fault. Yeah, he literally. Yeah, it was. No, know. it is the same guy. That guy owns it. What are you talking about? It was debunked. Mm-hmm. He owns the subsidiary. We proved it on the air. Yeah. Now, but- they may get their whiskey from Heaven Hill rather than what we stated, but he still owns the not the distillery, but the mixing place. The he also said that Bird Dog, which I don't know if we've ever mentioned Bird Dog on the show. No, because we only talk about good whiskey. The only experience I have with Bird Dog was exactly. when I was at Texas Tech. Somebody Say said, no more. hey, this is cherry flavored whiskey. Try this. And uh, to say it was sweet, a uh, little bit of an understatement right there. Um, apparently, there's high class Bird Dog. I've there never is. bought it. Uh, I'm not going to knock it until I try it. But yeah, that's that's Apparently, like Bird Dog is Heaven Hills, like, and this is the Specs guy. This is not me. Somebody can easily say, no, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just continue. <laughs> I'm pretty sure your Specs guy and your GNC guy are brothers. So, well, neither of them give me warnings, but the uh, Specs guy did. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Just go back to EH. Okay. All right, so we weren't 100% wrong on the Calumet Farms, or however you want to say it. Speaking of horse racing, Bob Beffert, or Beefert, however you want to say his name, Baffert, was suspended for two years for cheating on multiple piss tests. Well, not him, but the horses. But Weren't you, like, all over his nuts in the last Well, yeah, because he won. He was the Bill Belichick of horse racing. Apparently, he's tiny cheesy. nuts because... He lives the steroid life. It wasn't his balls. It was the horses, but sure. Um, well, if he's going to, I mean, got to be trying him himself. I mean, that's my logic. <laughs> yeah, that, that logic is sound. But um, E.H. Taylor, back to the story in hand. He is actually the descendant of two presidents, Zachary Taylor and James Madison. So Zachary Taylor is not the quarterback for Nebraska. No, I think he was a linebacker for Miami. Oh, got it. I, man, when I go through my list of presidents in my head, Zachary Taylor is not one of them. Often forgotten. Um, (laughs) Couldn't even tell you what number he is. I'm going to take a guess. 45. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know either. Couldn't tell you that you were telling me the truth. (laughs) According to the sources, the like five sources I looked and cross referenced, that is correct. Um, Fun thing he's Colonel E.H. Taylor. But he's not actually a real colonel. Was so Colonel Sanders Ed- a real colonel? So you funny you say that. Colonel Edmund Haynes Taylor Jr. was actually bequeathed the the title of a Kentucky colonel. <laughs> <laughs> bequeathed um, the title of a the honor of a Kentucky colonel by the Kentucky governor. So. Kentucky Fried Chicken, Colonel Sanders. How is that? He wasn't a real colonel. He's a Kentucky colonel. Wait, neither of them were real colonels? That's my understanding. All right. Well, I'm just giving away colonelship out there in Kentucky. Colonelship. Um, that's how you say it when you have a mouthful of tobacco. 
All right. He did own seven distilleries throughout his career. The most famous, obviously, OFC Distillery, which is the the forerunner of Buffalo Trace, which we've talked about in the past, was uncovered a few years back at Buffalo Trace when they were starting to break ground on a new um, a new distillery. They actually uncovered the original copper pot um, uh, distilleries, right? And they're actually going to they clean those out in not the copper pot. I'm sorry, but the copper baths, if you will. Um, they're actually cleaning those out, restored them. They're actually going to... Where they do the yeast and fermentation. Exactly. They're going yeah. to reline it with copper, one of them with copper, and actually put it back into production. So, um, thought that's pretty Buffalo, cool. Buffalo Trace just getting more badass at being badass. Dude, it's like, you think about it like in the bourbon game, right? Buffalo Trace is already like Rome and uh, of bourbon. And then it's like, they just like, oh, we're going to go build a new building. And they just uncovered it. Because Atlantis. we literally found Rome. Yeah. Well, that, but yeah, well, <laughs> they just covered Atlantis underneath like some dirt yeah. over here. Uh, so anyway, uh, but he's also looked at as one of the, the fathers of the Bottled and Bond Act or the grandfathers are hard lobbyists for it, which makes a lot of sense because you look at the bottle itself and almost all of their products are what, Kurt? Bottled and Bond. Bottled and motherfucking Bond. So, well... I'm just trying to read the back of the label and see if there's anything else to get off of this. Uh, the stilling began at the close of the Civil War. You can get off on that label all you want. I don't know if we're going to get any more information. Yeah, good stuff. Sweet label, sweet bottle. As we get later in the episode and Kurt starts slamming things onto the desk. Sorry, I've moved on to, as you can tell, I finished my sample of E.H. Taylor. Well, then let's talk about it, dude. Let's rate it. All right. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. You go first, bad boy. <laughs> All right. Groovy. Big boy for life over here. I'm, s- <laughs> I'm sniffing the wrong shit. The wrong whiskey. <laughs> sweet. Sweet. All right. So going off of memory what I told myself I was going to rate it before. I'm going to stick with solid B for E.H. Taylor small batch. Can't go wrong with that. See, I'm going to finish. I did A on the nose, B on the palate. I'm going to split the middle and say B+. Yeah, and I thought about B+, but then uh, I just go back and forth. The nose itself, and I I often thought about giving it an A+, on the nose, Mm -hmm. but I think having that barrel proof just was did some things to me, you know? Well, all I can say is I just like to be positive. So, uh, all right, let's put it this way. You go to your five-star restaurant and you have your ribeye. This is picking one up at Texas Roadhouse. Still going to get the job done. Still delicious. I've literally. This is prime rib. Texas Roadhouse prime rib. I've gone and had prime rib with you at Texas Roadhouse, and it was delicious. It was delightful. I love Texas Roadhouse prime rib, and this would go great with it. What are your thoughts on Logan's? Uh, It closed here in San Antonio, so fuck that place. It closed in Corpus, too. Because it sucks. The one time I went there, I've never had a steak undercooked in my life. I am a medium rare to rare guy all day. You can't have a steak undercooked. It wasn't cooked. Still not possible. Unless yes, I swear. Unless they literally did not put it on the grill. They seared it on which mm-hmm. side for like maybe 15 seconds. That's a cook. It, 
And there are some people who eat their steak like that. I ordered it medium rare and it came out like like Mickey Blue Eyes in that one movie. Rare. 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 <laughs> what? The movie Mickey Blue Eyes. With uh, uh he's a British actor, not Hugh Jackman. Um the other Hugh one. Hugh Grant. Oh, Hugh Grant, yes. Thank you. I, that's why, because I've never I don't watch Hugh Grant movies. That's why. I'm sorry. I have culture and taste. <laughs> Mickey Blue Eyes. Out of all the steak movies you could have said, like, I don't know, like like with John Wayne or well, no, it's because that same situation happened to him. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. <laughs> well, I just the reason I brought up Logan's because they had the whole like throw the peanut shells on the floor. Texas Roadhouse used to do that. No, Texas Roadhouse, like that's what I'm saying. Logan's was like the little imitator, I guess. Yeah. Is Texas Roadhouse a Texas Roadhouse like in Michigan? Yes. Do they have them in Michigan? I don't know if they have them in Michigan, but I've seen that. I've had I've been to a Texas Roadhouse in Arizona. Do you know why I go to Michigan? Why would you ever go to Michigan? Well, like why I use that as a reference point? No. I feel like that's like as far as you can like get not, away. Not not Maine or Alaska? Uh, now you're just talking about angles. <laughs> talking about actual miles, but sure. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. All right. Is that it? Is that all we got? That's that's it, man. I think we it's rambled probably, enough. Probably a good time to close the show off right now. <laughs> yeah, I think you and your headband need to close this out. Whatever you and your stupid haircut. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what did we talk about tonight, man? We had a good time. We got back behind the mic. We talked a little bit about the NBA playoffs. We talked a little bit about Team Tebow. We talked a lot about whiskey some about craft beer, and we got to hear a little history lesson on this E.H. Taylor right here that me and Dick both said was not a bad bottle. Definitely grab it if you can. If it's under the $70 range, that's our recommendation. Dick, close them out with the socials, please. All right, so Drammers, once again, want to thank you for listening. Um, We really couldn't do this without you, um, even for the two of you who do listen to us. Um, Once again, want to remind you to, you know, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, if that's your you know, taste of poison that you prefer, um, just email us, man. Like Fortramagold, gmail.com. We're constantly monitoring that. Send us an email, man. We'd love to have you on the show. If you get your feedback, even just talk shit with us, drink a few beers, or, you know, I almost said smoke some whiskey, uh, drink some whiskey. Uh, we would love to have you here with us. Um, and then, of course, tell your friends about us, whether you enjoy the show or don't. Um, a listener is a listener, and always subscribe to us on your favorite podcast. Apple Podcasts, Audible Castbox, you know, Podcast Addict, Spotify. Listen to us there. And Kurt, uh, without further ado, sir, let's pass it over to you for the quote of the episode. In honor of him hanging up the whistle after this season and passing it on, I'm going to go with a good one by the great Coach K. If what you did yesterday still looks big today, you haven't done much today. Keep striving. Keep going. And every now and then, stop and enjoy a good dram. The next snap and the next dram. Drink on, drammers. <laughs>